Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, going to be talking about Nick Letty and his performance in the win over the Washington Capitals and whether or not I think he fits this team. My thoughts on the trade after seeing him play his first game. Also going to be talking about the Tory Krug injury. Really, really tough news for the St. Louis Blues. It is revealed that Tory Krug will be out week to week with a hand wrist-ish injury that was sustained in that Washington game. Uh, and then I'm going to be talking about tonight's matchup against the Philadelphia Flyers. Lots to talk about. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, Josh Hyman, and I'm going to be taking you guys on a solo episode today. There's lots to cover, lots to talk about. Now, focusing on Nick Letty and his impact and transitioning off of that, uh, Nick Letty's impact is going to be pretty important here over these next few weeks as Tory Krug is out with a wrist or hand injury that he sustained on a slash to his left hand um, in that game. So Blues are going to be without one of, if not their best defensemen, um, this season, you know, at least situation, you could argue, argue Justin Falk, um, but whatever, they're going to be, are, they're going to be without one of their best defensemen for an extended period of time in Tory Krug. So I'm going to be talking about that, his impact, and then maybe how Nick Letty can come in and step in and, you know, hopefully fill his shoes or his skates, I guess you could say. And then I'm going to be talking about in the third segment tonight's game between the St. Louis Blues and Philadelphia Flyers. Now, if you're watching this on YouTube, it should be a few hours before the game. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, game's probably right around the corner. So I'm going to save that towards the end, not talk about it a whole lot, because chances are a lot of you are listening to this afterwards. So I'm going to be spending this more on a, uh, a broad approach, talking about Tory Krug and the injury, uh, Nick Letty, the trade, all that and more. First, I want to thank anyone and everyone out there for making Locked On Blues your first listen. We are free and available on all podcast platforms, so thanks for making us part of your daily routine, whether it's, you know, on your way to school, work, whatever, morning cup of coffee with your bowl of cereal. We appreciate all you guys for listening or watching on YouTube. So, first things first, Blues beat the Washington Capitals with a lot of help from Nick Letty. Uh, Didn't have any points in that game, but had a really, really solid performance, and it kind of had a ripple effect throughout the rest of the defense, starting just talking about Letty himself. I think he was everything as advertised, if not more. Um, He was really, really great with the puck, uh, consistent, didn't make any bad plays that I saw, no real big turnovers or or questionable decisions that some of our other defensemen um, have been capable of doing at points throughout the season. You know, the Blues have had a real hard time with turnovers, and that was definitely apparent in the Washington game. There were some turnovers there that were pretty rough. Um, but, you know, overall, the Blues played a really solid game, and I think Nick Letty really made the defense a lot more comfortable. Uh, just talking about him himself, he looked right at home on that first pairing alongside Pareko. It was definitely going to be a question mark of whether or not he'd be comfortable up there after playing third pairing minutes in Detroit. Uh, definitely a big, big transition. You know, going to play first pairing minutes on a playoff team um, in the St. Louis Blues, but I think he he welcomed the change pretty nicely. Um, wasn't like any anything super flashy or anything like that. You know, wasn't uh, a guy that you know made his impact known right away. But like I said, there was a ripple effect, and one of the biggest impacts I think Colton Pareko might have had his best game of the season with Nick Letty on his on his pairing. Um, I kind of expect not expected that, but I kind of speculated that maybe. 
having a guy like Nick Letty on his pairing, uh, someone a little bit more reliable than a Nico Mikola, uh, would do wonders for Colton Pareko, just allow him to be a little bit more comfortable and not feel like he has to carry the offensive and defensive weight. Nick Letty was more of the transition guy, and Pareko was able to sort of sit back and, and, and you know, use that defensive defenseman role and then only really jump up into the play when he needed to, um, rather than really feeling like he has to be the the uh, the offensive initiator on the back end of that pairing like he was when Mikola was his uh, his pairing mate. And I think that was it did wonders for Pareko. And as a result, it did wonders for the rest of the defense as well. Nico Mikola looking really, really strong out there on that third pairing, um, you know, or seventh defenseman, I guess, whatever. When Mikola played, uh, he looked really, really strong, you know, in his more sheltered role, not, ask, not being asked to do uh, first pairing minutes uh, was really, really good for his game. And I think, you know, we saw that for sure. Uh, the Krug and Falk pairing was great when it was out there. Um, obviously, now things are a little bit different with um, with Krug being out. And I'm actually curious if I can find the defensive pairings here. Um, I don't know if they've been released yet uh, for tonight's game. Because, yeah, Nick Letty is going to be asked to, to sort of transition into a much bigger role with uh, Tori Krug out. Uh, Letty is still on that first pairing. Scandella joins that second pairing with Justin Falk. So, um, again, Letty, is his five-on-five play won't be that different, but now he is the quarterback for the power play where Krug used to be. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how he fits into that role. I think he, based on what he showed in that Washington game, I think he's pretty capable of quarterbacking a power play. Some of his zone exits and passes were just right on the money. And I think that's what you want out of a power play quarterback. It's going to be interesting to see, like, if he starts trying to, try to use his shot, maybe it's, uh, throw some pucks at net for deflections or even, you know, goals. Um, so big, big shoes to fill, or I guess little shoes because Tori Cruz kind of small. Oh, sorry, Tori, short Kings out there. Uh, no, no offense. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. You know, couldn't have, the Nick Letty trade couldn't have come at a better time um, with a guy like Krug going down with an injury. It's going to be very interesting to see how that works itself out. Um, here in this second segment, I'm going to be talking more about the Krug injury and, his impact on the Blues this season, what they're going to miss with him being out of the lineup, and what Nick Letty and the rest of the defense can do to hopefully you know, make up for a loss of one of their best defensemen because uh, the Blues defense hasn't been strong consistently all season, and now losing a guy like Tory Krug is only going to uh, test them even more. So lot, lots, of, lots of question marks heading into tonight's game, so I'm going to be talking about that. And then in the third segment, I'm going to be talking more about tonight's game between the St. Louis Blues and Philadelphia Flyers. So make sure you stay tuned. But first, I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at Bet Online. Now, it is that time of year again, as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting, and your favorite Vegas casino games. Maybe you think Nick Letty is going to have a big night tonight, you know, on that power play. Run over to betonline.net, put some money down on the over. I'm sure the odds are great. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts, and we'll be right back. All right, so... <clears throat> News came out earlier today-ish. Well, I think we knew Tory Krug was injured, but news came out earlier today that he is week to week with an upper body injury. I think the speculation is that it's a broken thumb, which if that's the case, that's 
better than like a, a, a broken wrist or anything like that, but still not great. Still something that's going to take some time to heal. Um, and you know, that's, that's the, he's a, that's, that's the left hand. So you know, the thumb is very important, gripping the stick, all that sort of thing. You're not, not something you're going to want to really return from early, uh, just cause it's going to inhibit your play. And, and especially, you know, if, if that is the case, unfortunately in a league like the NHL, if guys know that you got a, a broken hand or broken thumb, you're going to catch a little, a few extra slashes on that hand or wrist area, um, as a result of that. So definitely something that they're going to want to take care of. Um, I thought, I think, I think I saw some speculation that maybe, you know, after the injury that people were worried that it was going to be a season ender for Tory Krug. I don't think that's something that we have to worry about, uh, just based off of the fact that he is going to be, you know, week to week. It's not sort of a long-term injured reserve situation where he'll be reevaluated in four weeks. He's going to be reevaluated in a week and then we'll get a better idea. doesn't mean he's going to come back in a week, but you know, it's not something that the Blues are concerned is going to keep him out long term. I think it's just something that they're going to wait and see how the healing works. Um, and, you know, hopefully he's able to bounce back strong because Tory Krug is a very, 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 very valuable member of this Blues defense. Uh, him and Falk have been consistently far and away the strongest defensive pairing on a Blues defense that has been, you know, poor at times. Um Definitely turned things around as of late, especially, you know, that last game with Nick Letty. The defense looked pretty strong. Um, but definitely, if there is a weak point of this Blues team, it is their defense. This isn't to say, oh, the defense sucks, the defense is bad, uh, anything like that. But the defense is not the defense that it was when the Blues won the Stanley Cup. That defense was suffocating uh, and impossible to play against. And that's not the style the Blues were going for this year. They were going for more of a, a puck-moving de- group of defensemen um, led by... Tory Krug and Justin Falk and with Tory Krug out that sort of throws off the, the the chemistry of the whole defense because now all of a sudden that that Falk and Scandella pairing rather than being two guys that can really move the puck and and play strong offensively and defensively Justin Falk now has um a guy in Marco Scandella on his pairing which is going to make Falk have pretty pretty increased responsibility um on both ends of the ice just because Scandella isn't as quick or as versatile as Tori Krug. Uh, Falk is going to be asked to do a lot more, which I think he's capable of. I think he's fully capable of. Um, I mentioned earlier that Tori Krug went for the Blues as best defenseman. The other argument is Justin Falk. Um, I think depending on how much you value offense, you could say Tori Krug is, is, is the number one guy. But I think overall, you know, all things considered, Justin Falk has been the best defenseman for the St. Louis Blues this season. And I think he is capable of, you know, stepping up and and having a little bit of an increased role with a guy like Tory Krug going down for injury and playing with Marco Scandella on his pairing, that pairing just becomes worse, you know, by by definition. Uh, not the rip on Marco Scandella any more than we already have this season, but um, he is no Tory Krug, and it's going to be a big test for Justin Falk if he can maintain his his level of play while having Marco Scandella on his pairing instead of Tory Krug. You know, you you can't really take as many risks when you got a guy like Marco Scandella on your pairing. You can't you can't have as much of a north to south game because you know Tory Krug is blazing fast. Uh, Marco Scandella is not. But the flip side of that is Marco Scandella is more of a stay at home defensive defenseman. So maybe Justin Falk will take the offensive reins for that pairing, whereas Tory Krug had them when he was on that pairing. So maybe this will unlock a bit more of an offensive side of Falk's game, something that he'd been kind of repressing a little bit this season. Uh, had a really strong offensive season last year and then kind of fell into more of a defensive role this year with the Blues and doing doing a wonderful job at it. But now I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him maybe taking a little bit more of the breakouts himself, um, taking some more shots, you know, himself, 
and, and basically letting Marco Scandella be that that um, the anchor defensively of that pairing, whereas Falk was the anchor of that pairing um, prior. So that being said, Nick Letty now all of a sudden is the quarterback of the power play, which Tory Krug was doing a spectacular job of um, when he was you know on that on that first power play. Um, I'm very excited to see what Letty can do. I think I was um, proved wrong. Uh, in that first game, I was hesitant that Nick Letty would be able to quickly step in and, and assume a number one or, a, you know, a first pairing defensive role after playing on the third pairing with Detroit all year. And he took it in stride. Absolutely. Um, you know, had maybe like one or two practices even with the Blues. I think maybe one morning skate because he arrived in D.C. the day of the game. So, you know, just the seamless transition was really, really great to see. And now all of a sudden, he's going to have to seamlessly transition into that power play one role. Uh, he's going to be out there with Tarasenko, O'Reilly, Perron, and Shen. Um, Braden Shen is a guy who has been on fire. David Perron, as we all know, is going to be putting his goal streak on the line tonight. I believe it's at seven. Uh, if he gets to eight, that would be one of the longest goal streaks in St. Louis Blues history. Uh, and I believe it would be one of the longest goal streaks of the 21st century. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I looked it up and it said that there was only one player that had a goal streak of eight eight games uh, in this century. But then the NHL tweeted out something different. So I'm not going to proclaim any stats until I can kind of do some more research. And hopefully if Perron does get there tonight, we'll get a more definitive answer. But either way, David Perron has been absolutely on fire, uh, as has Braden Shen. And a big part of that is special teams. The St. Louis Blues has been really, really strong. The power play was really strong in that Washington game. I think their first two goals were on the power play, something like that. I know they had two power play goals. I don't have the the box score in front of me. Um, but really, really strong power play uh, from the Blues. And a big part of that was Tory Krug. So it's going to be interesting to see how Nick Letty can sort of come in and, and hopefully just you know have that power play pick up right where they left off. I think he'll be able to do a good job of it because all of the, the positives of Nick Letty's game that we saw at five on five would translate to a successful power play quarterback. You know, great passer, great puck mover, great breakout player. You know, the Blues run um, their breakout on the power play that starts with a defenseman behind the net usually. Uh, if Nick Letty's going to be that guy, uh, I think he'll transition to that role very nicely. It's, it's, it's his biggest strength is, is zone breakouts. And I think he'll be able to, you know, like I said, seamlessly transition into that zone breakout defenseman role um, for the Blues on the power play in tonight's game and, you know, moving forward however long Tory Krug is out. Um, that being said, once they're in the zone as well, having him sort of at the top of the top of the zone by the blue line, it's going to be interesting because you get a little bit more of defensive reliability in Nick Letty than you do with Tory Krug, kind of. Just he's a little bit bigger. So maybe you see pucks stay in the zone a little bit more often. Um, and also I'd be interesting to see, interested to see if he kind of unleashes his shot tonight. Um, it would be interesting, you know, maybe he gets some deflections or, or even, you know, like I said earlier, tries to go for a goal as well. But Nick Letty in that role is going to be very uh, telling because I, I say this all the time, you know, you don't notice a defenseman um, if they're having a good game unless they're, you know, someone that's putting up huge offensive numbers. And I don't think we noticed Nick Letty a whole lot in that game because he played consistently uh, in that Caps game because he played consistently um, and, you know, wasn't making any big turnovers or anything like that. But now all of a sudden you have him on the power play and you're going to have to notice him because whenever that power play unit goes out there, he's going to be the quarterback. The puck is going to be on his stick to start most of those plays. So it's going to be interesting to see what he can do out there. Um, I think special teams is has been one of the Blues biggest strengths this season and it's gonna be interesting to see if a new guy can come in and and continue that success Uh, I think he will I think everything we've seen out of Nick Letty in his 20 plus minutes 
uh, that he's played with us. I know, big sample size. Um, leads me to believe that this power play role will be great for him. And playing with guys like Perron and Shen and Tarasenko um, is going to be huge. Now, here in this third segment, I'm going to be talking about tonight's game. Robert Thomas will be returning to the lineup, which is great. Um, so I'm going to be talking about that. I'm going to be talking about uh, Jordan Bennington make, making his first start in about 10 or so days. Um, lots to go into, so make sure you stay tuned for that. All right, so tonight, in approximately three and a half hours from the time of recording, a few hours from when you guys are listening to it, the St. Louis Blues take on the struggling 20-32-11 Philadelphia Flyers. Jordan Bennington is in between the pipes for the Blues, and Martin Jones is in between the pipes for the Flyers. Uh, the game is in St. Louis. They have been really, really good at home, 27-4. and four. The Flyers have been really poor on the road at 7-17-5. and five. Uh, The Flyers lost their last game. The Blues won their last game. Flyers have the worst or second-worst offense in the NHL, um, the second-worst power play in the NHL, and one of the worst shooting percentages in the NHL um, versus the Blues. Fifth-best offense, third-best power play, and best shooting percentage. So, Kind of a tale of two teams. The Flyers have a very, very poor offense um, and a decent defense. The Blues have a really, really good offense and a decent defense. So on paper, the Blues should be comfortable in coming away with a victory in this game, but it's never that simple in the NHL, um, especially if you really want to feel like the Blues you know, tend to kind of play down to their competition. Uh, you would hope that they'd go out and just steamroll the Flyers. Um, and it could be a really, really good game for Jordan Bennington to get in between the pipes because, like I said, the Flyers have one of the worst, if not the worst, offense in the NHL, depending on which metric you're looking at. So uh, hopefully, you know, Bennington doesn't have uh, a too tough of a night in terms of the looks that he gets. It really just comes down to the team playing, you know, consistently and not giving up big turnovers, not giving up odd man rushes, that sort of thing. Um, but it is a really, really good opportunity for the Blues to jumpstart, you know, this home stretch of the regular season. Um, or, you know, can continue that momentum. They've had a really hard time stringing consistent wins together lately. I don't think that they've won more than two in a row in a long time. Um, so if they can if they can continue the momentum tonight and play just as well in front of Jordan Bennington as they have and in front of Billy Huso, um, it could be a, a really good opportunity for a really strong win. Um, a guy like Nick Letty on the power play, like I said, is going to be is going to be crucial for the St. Louis. So I want to check out the penalty kill stats. Uh, now that I mentioned that, yeah, the Flyers have the tied twenty fifth best penalty kill, so bottom ten teams in the NHL, bottom seven teams in the NHL um, when it comes to penalty kill, and they take a lot of penalties as well in the bottom half of the league. So Nick Letty on the power play is going to hopefully get you know plenty of plenty of opportunity out there to show what he can do there. Um, and at the same time, like I mentioned, the Flyers' offense being poor, you know, hopefully the Blues' offense will have a lot of opportunity to, you know, continue to do what has made them so great this season and, you know, has allowed the Blues to have the record that they have because standings are are really, really tight um, right now. You know, every game counts so much, especially in the Central Division where uh, a win can, can move you up or bump you down uh, just like that. I mean, nobody's catching Colorado. They have 95 points, but the Blues are currently sitting in second place with 79 points. Minnesota Wild are one point behind them with 78. Nashville Predators are also one point behind them, but two more games in the Blues with 78. And then the Dallas Stars are kind of creeping around at 73 points. So, you know, a loss tonight could see the Blues fall as far into the wild card spot if, 
you know, Minnesota and Nashville win their games. Um, I'm not sure if they're playing tonight. Let's see. Minnesota does play tonight. Nashville also plays tonight. So if the Blues do lose tonight, uh, they could find themselves in a wild card spot. But if the Blues win tonight, they could continue to stretch the gap and keep that number two spot. You really don't do do not want to end up in a wild card spot. Um, in in my opinion, in this Western Conference, you do not want to run into Colorado in the first round. And as much as they're not as good as Colorado, I don't want to run into Calgary in the first round either. It felt it feels like for years, every single time the Blues have matched up against the Calgary Flames uh, in the regular season, they've given them a hard time. So I, I don't want either of those teams in the first round. I think if the Blues take on Minnesota or Nashville or Dallas in the first round, they have a pretty decent chance. Um, but those top two teams in the Western Conference would give the Blues a really, really hard time uh, in that first round. Not to mention, you know, if you face Calgary in the first round, have fun you're facing Colorado in round two or maybe round three, depending on um, depending on how things go. So big game tonight. Um, I think when it comes down to it, it's just going to be, you know, just suppressing the Flyers. They have a really poor offense. That's that's a fact. Um, so if the Blues just play good fundamental defense, the offense will come. The Blues offense is so, so good, so strong. You know, you know we're getting out of them at this point. Um, and that's why for my pick for lockdown player of the game, I'm going to go with Jordan Bennington. Bennington is a guy that has been up and down all season. Um, there's, he's had games where he's just been left up to dry and he's played out of his mind, but still given up a lot of goals because the defense has just not been there to support him. But he's also had games where he's let in some pretty weak goals that have kind of crushed the team's hopes a little bit, you know, not not done his part at giving the Blues an opportunity to win. All Jordan Bennington needs to do tonight is give the Blues an opportunity to win. The Flyers' offense is really, really poor, and their defense is just okay, which should lead to the Blues being able to dominate them offensively. It's just going to come down to those inevitable two-on-ones or, or breakaways that Jordan Bennington faces. If he makes those big saves and gives the Blues a chance to win, they're going to win. He doesn't need to be elite. He doesn't need to stand on his head. He's not facing the Tampa Bay Lightning or some offense like that. It's the Philadelphia Flyers who are bad on offense. All he needs to do is give them a shot to win. It could be huge for his confidence and huge for the confidence of the team as well. Um, I'm going to also kind of give a, a pick for a, a secondary lockdown player of the game. Uh, I've talked about him a lot throughout this episode, and he was my previous lockdown player of the game. That's why I'm not actually making him my official pick. But Nick Letty, huge spotlight on him tonight as he has taken that power play one role and continuing to play in that um, first pairing role. So if those two guys can have a strong game, I would say there is no question in my mind that the St. Louis Blues will come away with a victory tonight. But only thing we can do is wait and see. We'll have the reaction of the game for you up tomorrow. But that being said, I want to thank you all so much for listening to the Locked On Blues podcast or watching if you're on YouTube. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're you're not watching us now or you're not listening to us. That's at, Lock, if, at Locked On Blues on YouTube. Hit that notification bell. We've been getting a lot more views lately. It's been so much fun. Um, really, really love to see all that engagement. Um, leave a comment down below if you disagree or agree with anything I might have had to say. Uh, I'll read all the comments always. So lots of fun doing that. Um, but like I said, yeah, thanks so much for for listening to us. And, and hopefully you guys want to follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Lockdown Blues. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Hammond NHL. I think that's all the time we got for today. For today. So as always, let's go Blues.